All right, we're back. The Whiskey Hue, three brown startup enthusiasts um, talking about business, culture, and side pieces. I think that's what Clyde says. I don't know what the hell he's saying. Without the BS and something else, right? Um, I'm trying to fill in for Clyde. I can't do it. I'm just going to jump to my part. America calls Clyde black, Athul brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. With three brothers, various shades of brown, bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. Is where Anthony usually comes in and this off key. Thing. Yeah. Auto, gotta get that heavy auto tune in. <laughs> um, all right, man. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. We've had, so now we're down to two. I'm just gonna put it out there like this. We had four of us, there were three, then it was back down to two, then it was up to three, and then it was down to two again. All right, that's how we're gonna roll today. Um, it's we came out of a month. We wanted to get some content out to you from the Whiskey Hue. Schedules have been a little wacky, so we haven't had our typical cadence of weekly so we are just i wanted to get on couldn't do it with the guys i'm missing clyde and anthony today i'm gonna see them actually in a little bit uh but then we're i'm recording with suds so that's your star swath he was on a few weeks back and we feel like let's give him more space and not just on the metaverse we had him on that episode you should check that out i think it was 66 67 something like that 65 maybe um check him out and then we are going to touch upon that a little bit give him some more space to kind of clean up whatever we cut him off on last time <laughs> and then we'll jump into some other topics. Where we're going to go? Don't know. We have a few things in mind, but let's see what what happens as we unfold. Uh, so, don't you, uh, Suds, give us a quick intro into you again. Yeah, absolutely. So, very excited to um, join in on the conversation. I am a tech worker out in Chicago. Been here for my entire life. I have a huge interest in all things that have to do with cutting edge technologies, but also world events and political science, things like that, and just how they all kind of interact with each other. So I'm looking forward to having kind of a lightning round of topics that we'll be covering throughout this uh, session. Hopefully we touch on some really interesting topics. Nice, nice. And I'm a fool again, the resident brown guy, as the guys like to say. Uh, my, <laughs> career, my career arch is uh, tech to entertainment to finance, and I'm very blessed that I get to work in the culmination of all three right now. And I really enjoy putting out this kind of content that I believe is helpful, hopefully to you all as listeners and me, quite frankly, helps me formulate my thoughts around certain topics and how I want to approach my day to day. So Suds, I gave him a love fest last time. I won't do it again. Please listen to that. I'm 65. He has a great family, uh, dear cousin of ours. I want to get your thoughts on a few things. We're going to touch on the behemoth that is China in many different verticals. Uh, there are three, four that we've identified that we want to chat about. I want to get your take first. What's wrong with your generation, man? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm starting kidding. off, starting off. Hot, huh? <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me go settle. No, young, <laughs> like the young. So let's go. Uh, AOC. Let, let's start with her. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, mm-hmm. I know you're a fan. All right. I, mm-hmm. I, I like that she's outspoken. She's shaking things up. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and hey, I don't have to play by the rule, but then you kind of do sometimes, as we see, to get things done, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I'm saying it's kind of refreshing to see someone like her. You're a fan. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just take, we just culminated New York City Fashion Week was just last week here. Mm-hmm. And then it culminated <laughs> in, the, in the VMAs that nobody watched. And then there was the Met right. Gala, right? Um, mm-hmm. AOC shows up. This is a very elite of the elitist of the elite. Uh, uh-huh. hand, hand-picked by, what's her name? Uh, the fem- uh, The one... Fashion designer, female. Uh, what's her name? I Damn. actually don't know. Oh, I do know because uh, my friends who are in fashion they always talk about her. Uh huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher. I'm gonna I'll put it in it later. Notes. There's the one uh-huh. person she can't. She literally hand selects who can come. 
mm-hmm. and and then what they wear, which design and all that. AOC mm-hmm. said tax the rich. Okay. Mm-hmm. You tell me. Now, let's run with that. How how do you feel about that? What's her North Star? What's her driving force? I don't get her. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I think the whole point of what she was doing is exactly this. She knows that by doing something that outrageous, people will be talking about it. And I've seen, you know, I go online and people are still talking about it, right? Mind you that politicians have always gone to the Met Gala, right? Like this is yeah, not, it's not a new thing. New York politicians have, have always been going. I think this is the first time that people have actually paid attention to it outside of the main event, right? And maybe that was her point. Like maybe that was what she was looking for. So, okay. That's, that's great. You get, I'm, I'm sure she got an incredible amount of impressions and the designer was this wonderful looking designer. She should have been in the dress. She actually <laughs> looks nicer than AOC. <laughs> but she, it was amazing because she has a nice story herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the designer, I forget her name, but she, so, okay, you go there, but you're hanging out with the elite of the elite and all the people, mm-hmm. she wants to tax pretty much everyone hanging out at her table. <laughs> right. I right. Mean, that's the thing. She was on the forefront of, hey, let's not let Amazon here into mm-hmm. New York City because uh, we don't want to give them tax breaks. But guess what? That would have created so many jobs that might have spurned a lot of tax revenue moving forward for mm-hmm. the, the community. I'm just so but then you and then you go hang out at this thing. I'm not knocking for it. Hey, you know, they're going to invite her because it makes sense for them to invite her mm-hmm. uh, because it creates exactly well, you and I are talking about it three days later. But. Right. Should she have accepted that invite because of what she's supposed to stand for is what I'm I'm kind of curious about. Mm-hmm. That That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, if she accepted the invite and didn't do this, would that have been worse? Right. Like it's almost she kind of went don't, accept it. don't accept or, it. Don't accept it. She went and she basically just did a giant middle finger to all the people around her. Right. Like <laughs> it's pretty clear what she was trying to say. If she hadn't accepted it, she wouldn't have been able to make that kind of impression at all. And but her audience and I both isn't know. people around her, right? Sure, sure. But you and I both know, right? So a lot of these people leave their roles, Senate, Congress, and they probably – like Paul Ryan, right? He's at a private equity mm-hmm. group. They're, they're developing these phenomenal relationships with people, and they get end up maybe joining those ranks later on because they have mm-hmm. relationships, and people want them. And they say, hey, you can get this door open for me, and I want to invest in that circle. Boom. Let's hire mm-hmm. AOC. Everything she's fighting for – her her ideals may pivot. I'm just curious, Rondo. That's that's all. I wanted to bring that up and see your prank because I know you're a fan. Yeah, well, <laughs> you said that like five times now. Let's be let's be. Are you a let's fan? Be clear. Let's be clear. Um, I think so. As with all things, like to to fangirl over any particular politician is kind of weird, right? Like they're not celebrities. They're they're people who she is. I would argue that she yeah. is, and and, she, and she's utilizing yeah. it ma- many often to for its great use. Right? She's it's mm-hmm. great. It mm-hmm. brings. Uh, but then, is she only becoming that? Is she getting the work done that she needs to get done? That's also an, a counter too. Yeah, I mean, I get, you could argue that the best determinant of that is uh, does she get reelected? Right? Like, if the people who elected her think that she's doing got a job and she gets reelected again, then. That means that she's doing a good job by their eyes, right? And that's she's representing them that the way that they want to be represented. I think ultimately with her, to your earlier point, what happens when she leaves? I don't know, yeah. right? I think unfortunately American politics is cynical enough now where if she did go and work for a private equity group, then would anyone, you know, people may not be as surprised as they normally would be, right? Okay, um, yeah. 
and it would be disappointing for the people who are really, really into what she's doing. But maybe you know we'll see what you know we'll see when that happens, right? She's she's still got some time. I mean, the the best part, she's a local, so she probably just, you know, Ubered it over or something. They probably sent her a limo or something, but, you know, but, you know, let's say if she lived in like somewhere else and she's probably, you know, you don't just leave on a regular commercial flight. You, you're you on a private jet going home from that thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so all, all everything she stands for, what she's living. So it's just curious. I, it's, okay, cool. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to beat you up on that. I just want to have fun with it for a little bit. <laughs> I mean, um, like, again, she, one of the things, she's one of the first millennial politicians, right? And so she's really, really, utilizing she has a, a little bit more of an intuitive understanding of like the internet i think than a lot of people would and she used it to her advantage right people are talking about yeah. her people are talking about the message that she was pushing whether or not it's a good one still having conversation right yeah and, and it, it, absolutely and you know obama was great about raising capital through facebook raising money mm-hmm. trump utilized social media very effectively yeah. uh you know imagine if uh, I'm, I was going to draw a comparison in history. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> get, get, you know, and then and then AOC is using it, utilizing it effectively. So yeah, I, it's 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 good. Um, okay, let's jump. Let's jump ship completely left to center. Well, what do you Maybe. think? What's uh, what was your opinion on it? So here's because I know you're not a fan. No, I'm, and I'm not like not a fan. I'm not a fan, right? I'm just, she's there to me. Like, I think she came yeah. in with a boom, which I appreciated. She wanted to shake things up, but you can't, there's, she's dealing with people that are, I'm not even trying to age them. I'm trying to say that they've been in this system forever. They operate a certain way and they're not going to uh-huh. play. There's probably, there's probably a lot of handshakes behind the scenes that we're never going to be privy to quite similar to any deal that we do on the streets. Right. Mm-hmm. So if she's going to shake it up, even the Dems don't want to play with her. And then you're kind of dividing the party, right? Uh, you know, yeah. it, it could be, that could be one outcome. I'm not saying it is. I'm just yeah. saying that's one. Like on the, on the Republican side, people that were, you know, uh, Lady G, Lindsey Graham, she was, say, or he was saying, sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> that he was, he was saying uh, Trump was whatever, whatever. Then he got elected. He's like, hey girl, let's be friends, you know? <laughs> and he de- demolished him and then all of a sudden rode in his private jet literally the next day. I think it was after the January 6th things. I, he was like literally beating him up over it and then got on a flight with him. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it's on both sides. Right. So it, you know what you're in there for and fight for it, but then you have to play within rules to f- still fight for what you, and it's very difficult. Her role, what mm-hmm. she wants to do because the people around her aren't, they're not ready for that. <laughs> they're not. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I'd like to ask you this question. What would it take for people? I think you have a sharp mind, like people like yourself, like to get into politics. Politics was never on the radar for me, a, because of people I hung out with mm-hmm. <laughs> pictures are going to come out. Right. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But no, <laughs> beyond that though, I never had, it was never an enticing role for me. How much would you need to be paid <laughs> to be, yeah. to go do that role? Because that's a big, you know, that's a kind of a, a deterrent for others. But then maybe there's someone like AOC that made sense for her because she had she had a voice that she wanted to get out there. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of I'm going on a tangent here, but like I think banking banking robbed a lot of wonderful doctors and scientists because they ran to banking versus being becoming doctors or scientists or engineers yeah. because they saw the payday. Right. So mm-hmm. what how do we incentivize your generation and younger to get into politics? Because they're the ones that need to kind of set the rules. Cause you got, you know, I'll, I'll agree. And I said this on the pod before Ted Cruz is, I don't really agree with anything he says, you mm-hmm. know, but he said one thing, he said, we shouldn't be policing crypto because we don't know what the hell it is. Yeah, sure. He's probably catering to this new demographic that he's inherited in his mm-hmm. state. 
right? Because right. he wants to get voted on. But then he, he's making a valid point there, right? Mm-hmm. We need people like yourselves and younger to get in who actually understand the, the frontier that we're approaching, and what's going to be our future versus Biden, who looks like he's half asleep half the time, right? <laughs> like, like, all that hair smelling really gets to you, man. <laughs> I'm not smelling her hair. I'm just hugging her from the back. <laughs> no, nah, man, you smelling her hair, bro. <laughs> um, so what do you think? What would it yeah. t- Tell me. I think, uh, I think we're already on our way there, frankly. If you, for, for those of you know, for everyone listening who actually, like, if you go on to things like TikTok and even now Instagram, right, the general awareness of what politics is, is an order of magnitude higher than it was when I was 15 or 16, right? Like, okay. Okay. when I was going through school, it was considered to be kind of, it was considered to be like, you know, why would you be caring about politics? Like, right, why would yep. local governance, like, you know, being of an interest to you now and possibly because of Trump, possibly just because of the way that news is so much more accessible now, or sorry, like opinions and everything like just media is so much more accessible. Now people pay attention, people care, right? They realize, I think to some degree that these decisions have actual impacts on my life. So we are on the forefront of that, right? Like we just, getting past that period of time, right? It's only been four to six years since people have actually been paying attention as much as they do. Okay. We're just not at that age yet where we're being involved in the political system. AOC is, right? She's she's actually at the forefront of the millennials. I think um, Mayor Pete was considered a millennial politician Absolutely. too, right? Yep. Like, and they're, it's happening. It's just going to take another 10 to 15 years before we're really involved in positions but you need on both sides because I run purple you know this from our conversation I'm, I'm happy mm-hmm. to put it out there I, hey, you need you on- more red than purple <laughs> <laughs> no I don't think no because no, no you should have seen my kids when Biden won they're like dancing to gin and juice with bad parenting because they're, they're repeating the words I got them break dancing in my living room <laughs> um, but no, so we, I think you need an army of folks like AOC the mayor of Pete. you don't just need one or two of them you need like 50 mm-hmm. of them Right. And yeah. that's unfortunately, there's nothing to incentivize 50 to 60 of them to run to this office versus mm-hmm. other opportunities. Hopefully a bunch of them make money in crypto or whatever. And they say, I don't need the money. Let's go do this. Right. And let's go change the world. I'm hoping there's that. I, I, I right. my friends who are on TikTok, they're who are on it. They're saying, hey, you know, things are leaning in favor of Trump on TikTok and and their support. And I think the age has not it's not just 13 year olds on TikTok. It's they've aged up. Right. Because they that mm-hmm. they. TikTok and um, ByteDance was clearly trying to do that because my friends have done marketing with TikTok and they they were trying mm-hmm. to get the 35, 25 to 35 group and then they, and mm-hmm. then older as well. But they, they were aiming for that. A lot of them are TikTok fans. I'm sorry, Trump fans on there. That's what my friend's saying. You'd go down mm-hmm. ra- rabbit holes, right? And then you get yeah. fed that kind of content. But, right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let's see. People who were so anti-Trump the last time uh, cycle, they've converted in the last two years because they're, they're down with the effery, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, like you have to remember too that the whole point of that kind of service is to show you exactly what your preconceived notions are, right? So it's going to show you if if that's what you're looking for, you're going to see it. And that's also why it's so um, addictive because it's showing you things that you would find really like find interesting and 
it scratches that itch in the back of your head, right? Sometimes, I don't know, like, sometimes I feel like it's listening to me because it'll show me things that no, I was just thinking in my head, right? Like, <laughs> how do you know? How do you know that? You need to go get groceries. Like, this is kind of weird. Now, all um, my ads, all my ads from anywhere. I get wh- whiskey because we do this pod. I, I get Chicago <laughs> Bears because I, I cry. I cry to my, <laughs> my, my jerseys every night because <laughs> we can't figure this shit out. And then it's always like in finance stuff and like tech stuff. I get fed the same type of ads. So here, you know, let's let's go go here for a second. Can journalism be unbiased anymore? Can it ever be centric? Like, look, you, you get these algorithmic based, you know, we search for what we like. Algorithm mm-hmm. takes over if you're online. Our ability to piecemeal now versus having loyalty to a New York Times or something or whatever whatever it is, Epoch Times, if you want to float that route, right? Um, yeah. You know, so so you select only the news you want to consume now, but then if you're in this algorithm-based world, you get fed more and more of it and take deeper dives and it can become dark very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's become fragmented. Can we get unbiased news? Where do you get that? I don't think you can. And I, and, and frankly, I think that the, fact, the fact that there was a perception that we were was only for three decades, right? Like there was yeah. a period of time when there were only four TV channels and everyone was watching the same yeah. thing, right? So even if it was opinion journalism, everyone was still listening to it. And so there was a common experience there. Before that and after that, no such thing, right? Remember yellow yeah. journalism was a thing like... Uh, yeah, well, who's that famous uh, Hearst's, right? Like, yeah. uh, right? It, it, I don't know who pioneered yellow journalism, but that was that's a term from like the early 1900s, or maybe yeah. even earlier, yep. right? So, um, as opposed to as opposed to like what we have now, which is it, the same things, the same conversations were happening then too. So, I don't really know if there is, and frankly, even if there was an unbiased source, would we believe it? Right. Yeah, that, that's a great point. That's a great point. And, you know, and the ad models become so if you get the selection bias, it impacts clicks and ad models around it. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. catch 22 of the feedback loop, which you just alluded to. And the easiest way for any of these folks, if you're providing content to get and retain subscribers, is you mm-hmm. pick a side and you nail it down, repeat visitor traffic and boom. Over yeah. you know, you over sensationalize everything. Your generation's getting a lot more of that than we did. Right. Uh, the oversight, oh, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, I don't need to just see someone kick a goal. I mean, he's got to kick that goal and then it's got to blow up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which could be, it could lead people. I'm, you know, we're worried for our kids and then your kids are going to be even younger than my kids. So they're going to, who knows what the hell they're going to be yeah. doing. <laughs> um, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I, I think ultimately it's, we're having a, I, I was listening to this thing and I thought it was really interesting. I was saying like, we're having like a Gutenberg moment, right? Yeah. Essentially what happened, this is you know, hundreds of years ago, the Gutenberg press comes out and you flood an, a formerly literary, like a, a formerly, a world starved of media. You flood it with media, right? Like there's books yeah. everywhere printed very cheaply, almost as a commodity. And so it changed. It caused a lot of fissures in society. A lot of things had to change before hundreds of years passed before like there was a consensus on like, okay, this is how we're going to handle it. I think we're in that moment now. I don't think like now there's so much media available and it's so accessible that I don't know if our social institutions have evolved to keep up with it. Right. So Mm. it may not take centuries because things change exponentially faster now. But it, right. there is going to be a period of time where like things shake out. And, you know, you, you're starting to see a little bit of uh, 
of like social media platforms trying to police their content algorithmically. I don't know if that's going to work because fundamentally these are clickbait machines, right? They just happen to clickbait machines that just happen to sell news. And so until that business model is removed, I don't know if you can actually really figure this out. Someone is going to have to figure out how to make money on the internet without using ads, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's that's going to be interesting. Um, all right, let's make a complete shift. We've been, I've been teasing this all all episode. I I do appreciate you. The one call you got from jail was to me to record a podcast, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> all, the, all, the, all the slamming in the back. I'm kidding. Um, all good. I will not edit that out because I'm too lazy. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's let's jump complete shift. China. We've been talking about it the whole episode. Let's get to oh, it. Yeah. We could. There's so many facets. I'm curious as to your your vantage point on these. So uh, the China tech crackdown personal mm-hmm. and professional levels mm-hmm. uh just jump, go there first man there's enough there <laughs> just start there yeah i mean like this is a really interesting thing that's happening right because up till now they've they've had a, a couple national champions that would seem to be like part of the government right you would it's just, it's easy to assume that all these companies that have made headway globally they're part or connected to like the governing apparatus right Right. why would they go and take a sledgehammer to it and i think what's happening is they're pursuing i said this earlier in the conversation a national power strategy because somewhere they decided that this consumer tech isn't actually valuable to like the long-term 10 50 year plan that they have set up right now right so I think you're going to see, and you're probably already starting to see this, a shift from putting bright minds into finance, real estate, um, consumer technologies like Tencent, and, you know, all these things. They're going to shift all of that focus into things that help them in the future. Semiconductors, right? Batteries, AI, tech like that, right? Drones, stuff, things that would be a little bit more valuable to them when they're trying to project power physically, right? The hard power, not the soft power that they've been using so far. Mm. It's it's an amazing story, right? And this happened literally within 20 years, all right? 20, 20 mm-hmm. two decades. And it's an amazing, I mean, they've lifted, to their credit, tens of millions out of poverty. Oh, yeah. I, I remember reading articles and they were saying, hey, what's the next Asian frontier, China or India? And we were like, mm-hmm. I, was, I was rooting for the motherland. It just didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because uh, they're, they're a bit, quite a bit more fragmented and the strategy mm-hmm. wasn't appropriate. Right. And it, it worked. There's a lot of wealthy people in India, too. But China's mm-hmm. crushed it. And I would say because of anti to what they're doing they took a kind of a capitalist approach right they opened their markets yeah. and this is and i've said this before you you and i were chatting about this i know I, i'm repeating some things i've said on a pop before that's so i apologize for that but like i mean you know mm-hmm. bush senior bush put it in play he wanted china clinton mm-hmm. got it pushed through to open and embrace commerce with china because we thought hey we can sell our products to a billion more people right mm-hmm. and that was mm-hmm. the, one of the main reasons so we embraced and hey they're embracing democracy um, but then, hello, China, they're like, got IP anyone, right? They're like, you know, we're going we're gonna to take some of your intellectual property. And they didn't, they, so they did open up their borders, but then they didn't uphold some of the part of the bargain, their end of some of the part of the deal, right? They didn't, yeah. they then clamped down on how much American companies could do there. You don't have Facebook, Google there. They, they have alternatives, which probably were built on the backbone of what we did, and they do it better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
it's a centralized strategy, right? Yep. And so uh, it's it's amazing. I, I don't know, like, it, will you will you curtail innovation if you clamp down on society in that fashion? And look, I'm not trying to say anything negative about them because uh, there's two. I don't want to upset Suge Knight or the Chinese people in government because <laughs> that's some dangerous shit, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but you have to. It's it's kind of dangerous though because let's say you clamp down a bit. So I like one portion of it that you know, but it's authoritarian. Three hours of, uh, they're, they're limiting their children to watch three to play three hours of video game a week. So nothing yeah, Monday through right. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, one hour a day. Look, as a parent, I love that. But then, mm-hmm. as a policy and an ideal, man, that's pretty shady. You can get involved in that that personal decision. But you know, it's funny they clamp down. They send us TikTok, ruin all these American minds, right? <laughs> watching garbage, <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, man, we should be watching that shit." <laughs> Yeah. But, let, but let those idiots watch it. <laughs> yeah. But um, that, that's the worry, right? So they probably see what they've been exporting as well. Like, wow, that's ruining mine. So let's clamp down. But then some mm-hmm. of that, you know, spears in innovation, right? And if you clamp down on that's yeah. on a personal level, we, you and I have been talking about the tech level, what they're doing there. Ten cent, you mm-hmm. run, run with that for a minute. Yeah, um, I think like it just kind of tying into everything that you said. It's you almost, if you squint, you know, uh, enough, you start to get the impression that like they're, they're really gunning towards industries that would be good for like mili- the military purposes, right? Like yeah. their industries and also they're, they're pushing forth changes that would be beneficial to having like a stronger military. Now what that means, I don't know, but am I surprised that they decided to put a ban on video games? No, not really. Right. Because the assumption that I guess maybe that like if you're playing video games all day, you're not healthy and strong by going outside and, and playing yep. sports. And, you know, maybe it, it's a simplistic way of, of that. But I think that there is a, there is a focus that in the next like 10 or 15 years, they're going to have to, they're going to need industries that are going to be beneficial for that kind of purpose and, and not others. So that may be why they're bringing, you know, bringing down Tencent. And that's, that may be why they uh, came down a little bit on, um, Jack Ma, right at Ali, yeah. Alibaba. Maybe those industries to them are not as important as the ones that build things at home. Okay, all right. With the online education, they clamped down. There are companies that were worth twenty billion dollars or overnight worth a fraction of that. Ninety-five percent of the valuation gone. Right? They clamped down yeah. on all that. That's so they want to teach a certain mandate. Clearly, right? Because uh, right. they can have more control over that versus online tutorials that can run a little bit rampant. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can go off the range and teach what they want to teach. You know, mm-hmm. I guess they feel that they can do this flex because they they've they've created this power. Uh, they've done it. Mm-hmm. They've killed it. Um, and they probably see America as the counter that is distracted. COVID, Afghanistan, racism, whatever. They've got all mm-hmm. these issues in their in their backyard too. Sexual harassment's an issue there, right? Mm-hmm. You have a, they're trying to clamp down on the amount of hours their workers. I mean, you said yeah. nine to five. They're doing like twelve hour, ten you know, ten, twelve, thirteen hour days, which are common there, and they want to bring that in. So they actually want people mm-hmm. to have a. I don't. know. They want people to have. A more peaceful, holistic life, and then actually contribute directly to what they want. Is that what it's, what they're thinking? Yeah, it, you know, like it could be. There also may be a little bit of like political uh, political gain to be made in this too, right? I think one of the gosh, one of the the reasons that they clamped down on the uh, the online learning was because there was a perception that 
only the well-to-do could afford extra education for their kids, right? And so there's also an, an emphasis on leveling the playing field. I, you know, inequality is a big problem there now, and it's being talked about. I think they're trying to get ahead of it before it okay. becomes kind of an issue. And so, you know, it is a little bit of a stretch to reach. It is a little bit of a reach to go from like online education to trying to make things more equal, but there does seem to be a little bit of a sense that like we're, we're hearing the general discontent of the population. We're trying to fix this. At least that's what they're saying. Right. And there may be young, and I'm just going to go in our demographic. So I'm not trying to hit on anyone else's demographic. There may be young males in China that are now going to have three, four or five extra hours a day. If they're not playing video games and wasting time there, which is great. But then you better fill that with something because if you give young people, what do they probably have in that age group? Maybe a hundred million. I don't know. Uh, that are if you piss off a hundred million men, they're going to start fighting wars and shit. Right? So, yeah, yeah. That's that's a historical thing, right? If you have young men who are pissed off and have nothing to do, they go start attacking neighboring countries and start to conquer the world. That's just historical, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know what the <laughs> what the yeah. problem is. Yeah, I think like. Um, and just you know, maybe my final thought on this kind of like trying to try trying to tie it all up together is that the the u.s is pulling from its commitments to global security right mm-hmm. there whether it's trump or, or someone else right this this process has been continuing for the last like 20 years the appetite for the american poli- the political body for subsidizing the world's naval security is basically gone right and what that means is that we've for the last 40 years put like a almost a a security blanket on everyone and said hey we're going to create institutions for you to work out your differences we're going to make trade free and equal to all uh feel free to join you know the institutions that we built for that too and we're going to make sure that it's safe right so our navy patrols the oceans and make sure that it's safe for all con- all countries to work with each other. Now, mm-hmm. where I'm going with this is that we're pulling out of that. We're no longer yeah. wanting to do something like that. So what happens to a world in which China has risen to significance in a world, like in an American-led order, right? When yeah. we're no longer there, we're not there to guarantee the security of their shipping lanes. We're not there to guarantee the security of all the resources that they need to build things to export, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of this is them looking 20 years in the future and saying, we need to prepare for the world without America, right? And that's amazing. That that's might scary. be, that might be, yeah. And you know, it's just a return to, it's a return to the meat. America has yeah. done this for 50 years, but, and that was only because we were trying to battle the Soviets. They've been gone for 30 years yeah. now, right? And so, years. Yep. so the institutions that we've basically been building we don't have an appetite for maintaining anymore. Yeah. So wow. there may be a little bit of that going on there too. It's so funny. They're going so counter to what kind of got them this power in the first place, kind of a capitalist mm-hmm. approach. Now they're reining it in and which mm-hmm. is very counter to how, you know, the West believes and, but they're still influencing our culture quite a bit. So much. Right. Yeah. With the, so much. Let's, let's, and I'm going to go with trivial things to start this off. NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan. But guess what? They looked the other way when it came to Hong Kong. And, you know, we're, we're all about matter, live matter here. But like over there, we're OK. Like you're, what you're doing in Hong Kong, because we want your dollars. We want you. We want to be on your screens. They took them mm. off the screens anyway. NBA wasn't played there for several months. I don't know if it still is. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Hong Kong, what they're doing to the Uyghurs. 
Right. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and they're, it's, it, we, you know, NBA is cool with that. They stand for diversity here. You got to be consistent. Right. And right. in my opinion, Hollywood, a bunch of virtue signaling there. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now they're changing the ends of movies to depict Chinese in a better light. Right. So they, you can't have Chinese villains because they want to, otherwise, Chinese won't play them in their theaters. And then, because I have friends in the space, they're saying that. I'm like, oh, my God. So that's impacting everything. So it's funny. James Bond is playing over there right now in China. But Shang-Chi, oh, no <laughs> Shang-Chi Marvel movie isn't. <laughs> huh, no way. Um, so I don't know. But I thought they depict. I heard that the Marvel movie is amazing, actually. And, it's, mm-hmm. and it depicted Asian, our culture. Like, you know, we're all Asian. Uh, but like mm-hmm. the Chinese, in, a, in a great light, right? Which is nice to see. Uh, but I'm surprised it's not playing there yet. Uh, and maybe there's a rollout plan. But it's so funny that they're going so counter to us, but they still influence everything because we want that market. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's is it a surprise? I'm not surprised. I think it. I think even their appetite for that kind of thing, though, like, sure, if they're trying to shy away from inter being intertwined with the rest of the world like this. Right. And if they're coming down hard on all of their companies that basically interface with like the rest of the global economy, then maybe there's a little less of um, a desire for the opposite to occur too. Right. Like, yeah, they have a couple, they have several outward facing companies, global facing companies, and they're okay with that because they can control the messaging there. But can they inherently control the messaging of the things that are coming from the globe, like from the world to them? I don't know. Right. And so, I don't know. I don't know if that means. I don't think that means that they'll completely shut everything down. But I suspect that, like the the censor, the censorship or the quiet nudging to change the ending of movies is just going to become more and more prevalent. Okay, nice. You want to? Should we want anything else there on China, or should we stop before we they come and start knocking on a door? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm so yeah, I'm so before, scared. The, before the warning comes back. Uh, <laughs> No, we're, I, I think that's good. I, unless you have any last minute comments that you want to make. No, I think we, we hit it. I think we can do this again and hit on it. Um, well, I'm going to jump ship to something. I know we, we got to run here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm supposed to record another pod right now. So, <laughs> so <laughs> with the group. Um, so I'm going to jump to that in a minute. But hey, I want to, since you're from a different demo than I am, I want to get your take mm-hmm. on some things. I mean, we already, I went to, uh, get, went in on you on AOC a little bit. Not in a bad way. I just want to just mm-hmm. curious on your thoughts. Um, I think it's dope what she's doing. I think uh, consistency. I just like to see consistency. But am I consistent in my everyday life? Probably not, you know, generally. <laughs> but, you know, I probably do some things here that don't make sense. So, okay, let's give her some leeway. All right. right. I'm going to give you some I'm going to give you some things. First, I'm going to ask you some two simple things. And then uh, then I'm going to ask you some quick one hit wonders. I'm going to give you a name or a phrase. And you just tell me first word or phrase that pops to mind. Uh, okay. but let's start off simple. Like, what's the best vacation you took in the last 24 months? Best I know you were vacation during that COVID time. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> Best vacation I took in the last twenty four months. Um, yeah. Oh man, that's a tough one. I don't. I don't know if I really. Honestly, I'm going to take a little bit of a different tack. I'm going to say staycations. Okay. I love. I I never used to do them, but renting a hotel room in or like renting a series of hotel rooms in like a hotel in the city with a bunch of friends is genuinely so much fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, especially you know it's a little safer. You're not interacting with the public as much but highly recommend it to anyone if they haven't done so already Alpa and I did that we uh, when we came back from seeing you guys at the wedding or whatever mm-hmm. that all that we got and we came the kids stayed back and then we were so tired of traveling because we had done a bunch of it already like out west and all that we said let's do a state we still went and stayed in a night in the city for two three nights and it was baller <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> with it. or without the kids 
Well, no, without the kids, they were back with you guys. They were back in Chicago and Rockford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was amazing. We're like, dude, we, we were looking at flights to go somewhere. We're like, ah, I don't feel like doing it because we just came off of three trips back to back, right? Like, right. Oh, let's just go to New York City. Anyway, this is about you, not me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> dest- destination most looking forward to once you're com- once we're completely out of the pandemic. Because I don't think we can go to Europe. Or, 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 when we can go anywhere, where would you like to go? Uh-huh. Where would I like to go? Oh, man. Um, I'd probably like to go somewhere in South America, like Buenos Aires or Chile. Nice. You got a, yeah. you got a little bite. You got a bug for that place. I don't, you go, you've been there a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. I love going there. It's uh, it's just, it's close relatively. Yeah. Right. But it's such a different world and it's beautiful. And it, like just the dollar goes so far when you're there. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. a very, it's just a, a great place to be. Everyone's so friendly. The food is so good. I can't stop eating when I'm there, to be honest. That's awesome. It's kind of like going back to India where the dollar goes far, but then you don't have to buy everything for every cousin. I'm kidding. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to help myself. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Like oh, everyone on the ground over there. I'm kidding. I yeah. shouldn't have said that. I'll probably edit it out. I probably won't. You know me. Um, all right. Let's go. Uh, let's do this. Uh, okay. Start off simple. It's going to go trivial. Maybe, maybe heat it up a little bit. Chicago or New York City style pizza? Oh, Chicago. Easily. Okay. Wow. What? The thick, stuff, the, the, thick, the deep dish or like what? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, New York pizza is just like a piece of paper with some cheese on it. I'm Are you kidding me? No, I, I think not. that's, that's I DC. Not. That's DC. We're, we're good, man. You got, I don't want oh. childbearing hips <laughs> from eating Chicago South pizza. Shit. I have some in my fridge right now. I'll be honest. I mean, it's so good, but I can only do it once, a, twice a year, maybe max. I, I like New York City. I'm, I've, I'm, Shit, what? This is about you. Sorry. Drake or Kanye? <laughs> ooh, ooh. Kanye as an artist, Drake as a musician. Mm, well said. Kanye okay. makes Kanye is an artist that makes music. Drake. He's in a, he's innovative, right? He's innovative yeah. as hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rihanna or Beyonce? Ooh, Rihanna. Easily. Why? Oh man, she's <laughs> she's so hot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, Beyonce's beautiful, but is she aged out for you? Yeah, uh, I, I see Rihanna more, um, and she's okay. also just like trendier. I feel I feel like she's on, like Jay Z. You know, Jay Z's looking like man, I got with the wrong one. <laughs> you know, because you know, I mean, just rumor has he's kind of hung out with both. Let's just put it that. Let's put it out there. Ooh, <laughs> you know? Oh, okay, okay. No, I mean, I mean, he didn't get kicked in the elevator for no reason, right? Um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, so <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> it's so funny that Rihanna. So you would have thought that Beyonce would have got the LVMH deal back in the day or whatever, but Rihanna's just more the. The global appeal and hits every demographic, apparently, like street to culture and classy. She's hitting him all. Where oh, yeah. Beyonce is just classy now, and maybe she's got the Adidas brand, so hit street a little bit, but not like Rihanna does, I guess. Rihanna's the proper pronunciation, I was told. So, oh, really? Um, huh. Yeah. 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 Um, Kylie or Kim? <laughs> oh, I don't pay attention to either of them, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> well said. Well said. Nas or Jay-Z? Ooh, I have to go with Jay. Michael Jordan. And that's it. What do you think? Michael Jordan. <laughs> Obviously, Michael Jordan. Okay. You think GOAT or not? Yes, I do. Okay. I, 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 the game has changed, man, but I think he's still – what he was doing back when uh, he was playing was – you just can't beat it. Yeah. Okay. China. Give you one word. Okay. China. Uh, one word. Um, oh, man. This is a good one. Rival. Okay, nice. Conservatives. Um, ooh, this is a tough one. Conservatives. 
Did, I, uh, did, I, did we miss Trump. the part where it's got to be quick? <laughs> <laughs> okay, liberals. Okay, you said Trump. Liberals. Liberals? Uh, Biden. Okay. Who's smarter, Trump or George W? <laughs> w, for sure. Really? Really? Yeah. And he's, he's, have you seen his interviews? He's, he's actually a pretty smart guy. He's I think actually, he just played off the, uh, the played off the whole, like, I do think he's kind of limited, so uh, mentally, but, <laughs> but no, but he's got this soft, like, you know, like soft uncle vibe now, right? I mean, he did some mm-hmm. crazy things back in the day. Okay. Uh, capitalism. What do you think? Ooh, winner. Okay. Who's smarter, Bernie Sanders or Bernie Madoff? uh bernie sanders okay madoff took on the sec and won for quite some time but okay but he also Uh, stole 80 billion dollars yeah i mean yeah but that's not easy to do bro (laughs) (laughs) no 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 he got no no no. he got caught that's okay okay um elon versus bezos who's your guy if you had to pick one oh elon nice favorite podcast besides um Favorite podcast besides this one? Ooh, yeah. I'd have to say uh, Hardcore History by with Dan Carlin. Yeah, you've mentioned he's got a pod too, and they're long as hell. Okay, those yeah. guys dope. He's so sharp. Yeah, thanks for turning me yeah. on to him. Uh, yeah. India. India. Um, uprising. Okay. Or coming CNN. up, coming up. Okay. CNN. Um, biased. Fox News. Very biased. I think they're both garbage. NPR. <laughs> I like shock value. <laughs> NPR. Um, studious. Okay. I like it. Um, I should probably let you go now because I got to get on the pod and I've been taking up. I took up over just so the audience knows. I took over like at least half hour, if not 45 minutes over what I said I was going to take. <laughs> with, with but it's so good, man. It's so good. I'm like, I got to get you back on. Let's do this. Um, what do you think, everyone? Give us some feedback. Suds killed it again. We appreciate you coming on, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You could tell I don't run point usually. Uh, it's usually Clyde running point, but we didn't even talk about a whiskey. Let's just say we were doing Oban because I was. Um, <laughs> Oban 18. <laughs> you and I didn't get a chance to discuss, but we were doing Oban. And mm-hmm. and we'll end it there, man. So I'm, I don't even know how Clyde ended. I think it says peace. Let's do that. Peace. All right. Sounds good. Peace. Thank you, man. <laughs>